Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and will increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Well, welcome to the Side Action, episode 60. This is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Wegs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast on Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, a big sports weekend. I know you're finally in Detroit for once and got to see some games. Um, some really exciting wildcard games, anyway. Yeah, it was a great sports weekend. I had myself holed up here on the couch all day Saturday. Had my multiple screens out, college basketball, nice. NFL. It was a great day, and a, a great day for me in the book, too. I think I really crushed it on Saturday. So You were the man. How about you? Good weekend? Well, you know, I started the weekend off on Friday. Well, actually, Thursday I did an event after we t- spoke and had some cocktails. That was fun. And then Friday I let Seema take me out, my friend, to this place called Ceres. I don't know if you ever heard of this place. Uh-uh. Um, it's basically they give you a full glass of booze. And then they'll give you a little a can of like soda to mix it in at your leisure when you order like a you know say a vodka soda or something like that. And so they're stiff drinks, and uh, it, it became kind of I, I've heard of the place, and my friends have talked about it, but apparently the superintendent of police, uh, Eddie Johnson, was the guy who made the place famous because he uh, okay. after drinking too much there he ended up you know sleeping in his car and eventually getting fired from the force. So uh, anyway, so I, I went there on Friday night, closed that out, and then um, met Ridgeway and her friends out on Saturday to watch the wild card game. So I uh, did get to watch the games on Sunday, but also caught the Golden Globes, which, you know, I, there were some hot props, some big long shots came in on the Golden Globes action. Yeah, I, I read that actually. Uh, did you have any action down on the Golden Globes? I wish I did. I would have won some money, unlike the NFL. So <laughs> maybe I'll try that for the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to catch up on many of the movies myself, but perhaps as we get closer to the Oscars, we can discuss some of the odds. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's jump in the episode. We are going to have a similar format to last week. We'll cover college football, the, really the last week of college football coverage here, um, jump into the title game between Clemson and LSU, and then we will talk about NCAA hoops a little bit more than maybe last week. Uh, look at our last week's picks, the action power ratings, and then uh, our games this week of interest. Then we'll jump into the NFL, a little wild card recap as we said, a wild weekend. Uh, some injury status for this week, and then uh, kind of review of the Weggs Index for playoffs, and then the um, divisional spots for this week, another big slate for NFL action. So awesome time to be a sports fan, isn't it, action? Yeah, this is uh, certainly a great time of year with all the NFL playoff heating up. You've got the college football national championship and college basketball conference play is certainly my favorite time of the year. Been very profitable so far. Nice work. Nice work. That makes one of us. <laughs> so um, <laughs> let's jump into the uh, college football. We'll start off with my Raging Cajuns who – no shock there that they did not cover the number of 14. They had it at one time, but they only won by 10, 27-17 in their game against Miami of Ohio. A little bit lower scoring contest than expected, and um, that's okay. It just chalks up another uh, loss for Jimmy Wags. Yeah, I didn't really catch much of the game, but I did see the calamitous play that Miami had. They had a chance to cut it to three late in the fourth quarter and just totally mm-hmm. botched a snap on fourth down and that ended up costing them the scoring chance, and that was all she wrote. That's right. That's right. So the big game here, I mean, I know you don't want to talk about You might want to talk about James Madison and North Dakota State, which is the, uh, what is it, the FCS championship. You know, there is odds on Bet Online there. Um, That's, it's you know, funny it's you say that. Right now. I, uh, just before we logged on here, I put in a little play on the under. Um, I've been hearing that there's going to be lots of weather, and uh, I don't even know where the game is being played, but... Uh, somewhere in the south, I believe, uh, a lot of rain expected, and it's on some sort of a soccer field. So in years past, the field has been pretty treacherous, and I expect it'll be the same on Saturday. Sounds like you listen to Follow the Money on VEASAN, as I did too. They yep. had the guy from North Dakota who's kind of an insider with the uh, Bison, and he has a guy who works the grounds crew, so he gets advanced 
plays on the field. So that's right. That's uh-huh. what that was his big call, the under. Um, so and he does like Dakota State on the side, even though it's a pick 'em right now. So hey, might as well get. I mean, you're red hot, man. Keep it yeah. going. Let's talk about the FBS championship. And um, this is obviously Clemson, the Battle of the Tigers, Clemson and LSU. Looks like LSU is still favored, obviously, by five and a half. I saw it six somewhere, at least on my kind of just my score app. And I was like trying to get it because I think six is a key number. I would love for it to go up for to take Clemson here. I don't know your take on the situation, but I'm going to go with the value on Clemson if it keeps going up. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely sixes available. I've been hearing all week, even in Nevada, you could find a six if you really wanted to. And uh, looking here on the screen, a couple of offshore recreational shops, if you will, have sixes posted. And I definitely agree. I think you've been hearing, if you listen to any sports media this week, about how this number is just completely out of line. There were several look-ahead spots where when we all thought that Ohio State was going to be the number one seed and this game would have been a semifinal, that Clemson would have actually been a one-point favorite. So sure. um, this has been a crazy overreaction, and I think a lot of professional bettors and uh, those who are savvy in college football are taking the value with Clemson. Now let's talk a little bit. It is it is a neutral site game. Mm-hmm. However, it's played in the Superdome, which is just miles from Baton Rouge. And, you know, there's talk about whether they're going to cancel classes on Monday or whatever so the kids can go out there. Do you think that factors in? Because obviously, if you use the closing SP plus, these teams are only, you know, basically two and a half points difference. But you, they're basically adding the home field advantage here mm-hmm. in the number. It seems like. So, do you think it plays a value in there? Yeah, I do. I mean, I really think that LSU is certainly going to have more fans there, and I can imagine that Bourbon Street is going to be rocking and rolling all weekend. Although it probably doesn't really have too much of an effect on the field. But I do. I, I'm not so sure that it's built into the number, though, to be honest. I'm getting the impression that this move was more based off of just the public perception. And I keep hearing operators throughout the media saying that they just can't buy a ticket on Clemson right now. So mm. I think a lot of this is really the public driving the number up. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised to see it go to six and a half or even touch seven at some point before Monday night. Wow. Well, obviously, I'll be all in on that at that point. I'm just trying to wait on the point spread side, although I I, I might put a money line bet in there. I mean, it's up to plus 190. Uh, I mean, that's value, and we know what LSU is. They're a great offensive team. We're not sure about their defense still because they don't need to play defense much. Clemson hasn't had a great schedule, and they did, you know, really, they probably should have lost against Ohio State, but we thought Ohio State was a better team than both these guys, so... I don't know. It's just yeah. tough. I mean, it's uh, and the that's heart of a champion, all that kind of stuff. What about the total? You mentioned before the podcast when we we're talking, you know, it's 69 and a half right now. You're thinking it's going to be a little lower scoring than people think. Yeah, I do. I, I think this number is a little bit too high, and you have seen it tick down a hair or two in the last 24 to 48 hours. There was some 70s earlier this week, and uh, I think that um, just the stage, you know, you have the title game with so much at stake teams tend to play a little bit more closer to the vest. And although both of these offenses are certainly going to have a lot of success in this game, I think that uh, at least on the Clemson side of the ball, they're going to be able to slow down that LSU attack a little bit. You also have Mm -hmm. two very good running backs and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Travis Etienne on the other side. So I think there's going to be a little bit more running in this game and uh, keep that clock moving. Sure. I mean, the biggest things that I've heard about is that you know, obviously LSU, they have had a couple of games where they've kept opponents down, but usually they don't. And then that Clemson has, you know, a couple of safeties or at least one safety that's a really a run safety. If they get him one-on-one, he's going to get exploited. Um, so maybe there's big plays. But, but yeah, I think it might just be a, you know, good old-fashioned tough game. And, I mean, you think the way Clemson and Ohio State played, yeah, that was a – definitely under this number um mm-hmm. you know it was, it was a solid game great game but it was it was you know in the 50s so all right well what about you got a couple of player props or props for the game that you wanted to go over what were those ones yeah one thing that i am looking at betting on is likely going to get lsu in the first quarter i haven't seen any numbers posted yet at my sports books but i expect that lsu will be favored by a half a point or so and uh, yep. that's 
mainly because just how quickly they usually start every week. You see week in and week out, they jump out to very fast starts. And on the other side, uh, Coach Swinney and Clemson historically would defer in any coin tosses. So I think there's a good chance you get LSU starting out with the ball first in this game and uh, allow them to jump out to a quick and early lead. Okay. I see um, you didn't list one that I saw when I'm just pulling up the props on Bet Online. The first one listed is Will Refrigerator Perry be shown during the broadcast? Oh. That's uh, minus 700 on the no, plus 300 for the yes, though. I mean, I don't is know. Is he an LSU grad? <laughs> He's a Clemson. Clemson. Uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Anyway, <laughs> it's random. Uh, we'll get back to the real props. Um, so you've got Trevor Lawrence. I, I, you heard the same discussion I did mm-hmm. on morning about Trevor Lawrence and his passing yards prop and his rushing yards prop. Passing yards prop is, you know, 289 and a half yards. You still think unders might be a good play there, whereas I know the expert on there was saying the over would be the play. Yeah, I have yet to see this number posted on any of my books, so I'm not sure what, mm-hmm. how much, where it's going to move between now and Sunday, Monday. But I, I really expect the Clemson uh, game plan is going to be surrounded Travis Etienne running the ball. I think that um, where you can get this LSU team is by on the ground, and I expect that um, the Clemson game plan is going to surround around that. So that's for one reason I would be looking to play Lawrence under in this prop. Gotcha. And then the the rushing one was the one that he discussed at length that kind of the public is all over what people saw. Mm-hmm. You know, we had that big run for a touchdown, 60 yards, a lot of yards, so he's thinking under for sure. This is the expert on Beeson. Um, I would tend to agree as well. I mean, I'm not a prop guy, especially for the college championship, but this would be one I'd be interested in. Yeah, I think Paul Stone laid it out beautifully this morning um, on his appearance. And you're right, Trevor Lawrence busted that huge scoring touchdown against Ohio State. And I think the public has that in their mind, and it's likely going to drive this number up. So I'll probably wait till just before kickoff and look to go under on this one. Gotcha. Just some other props on Bet Online, just for you know S and Gs, as they say. They've got some pl- yes/no props on. Will they show Drake, uh, huh. James Carville, you know the Raging Cajun? Uh, I can see that. Uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, you know those are LSU guys. So, you know, I mean, some of the offshore stuff always has some fun, fun props. Well, I mean, um, I uh, we certainly know that Beckham and Jarvis Landry aren't doing anything else this weekend. So. Yeah, <laughs> good point. I think the real prop, and I don't know if he still listens, but is your old roommate going to be on the sideline? You know, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, Broccoli Bob is everywhere. The guy is posting at Titans games and everywhere you can be. Is he going to be on the sideline in his old hometown? You know, I haven't spoken to him uh, over the phone recently, but I certainly would not doubt it to see Broccoli Bob in attendance there live betting all game long. So. That's right. He's going to take a picture with Odell and with Joe Burrow or whoever he is. You know, it's amazing. He's everywhere. Um, <laughs> anyway, well, any more comments with the college championship? Just one small thing I'd like to add. I know you mentioned you might be interested in the money line. One thing to keep in mind, this is going to be a little bit of a depressed number. Uh, oftentimes mm. you see in these big standalone games, uh, the odds makers know that everyone who's coming out of the woodwork is looking to bet on the underdog and they want to okay. take the money line because they don't want the points. Mm-hmm. So sure. you're getting a little bit of a lower value with Clemson here. A six point spread would historically return you like plus 240. And okay. now you're only getting 190. So um, certainly something to think about before you go that route. Look at this guy. He's trying to save me money. I appreciate it because it's been a rough season. Thank you, Action. Yeah, I would definitely uh, recommend the six, though, if you could find it. Oh, yeah, yeah, the six is the way to go for sure. Or seven, like you said. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go into hoops now. Um, we've been doing really well in hoops so far, even though I haven't bet a lot of games. Um, the one that we didn't hit so great was uh, Ohio State was hosting Wisconsin. Uh, that whole narrative that basically Big Ten road teams can't win kind of is, you know, going in our faces this week where Ohio State got taken out. and They actually lost three games in a row now mm-hmm. uh, when they dropped it to the Badgers on Friday night. Definitely a 
bad performance by Ohio State, and I think they do have an injury or two in their ranks, which certainly didn't mm-hmm. help. But on the other side, this Wisconsin team has been playing a lot better lately, and um, they've won a few in a row before the, the loss last night to Illinois, as we spoke about mm-hmm. before the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But they laid an egg, and Ohio State looking to bounce back this weekend as well on the travels to Indiana. That's right. That's right. One of the ones we both got, and you got you got me on it early, was this West Virginia at Kansas game. We had kind of talked about it, and when the number came out, it was ten and a half, not nine. And I guess thank goodness. Well, it was it landed seven, I guess, and they lost mm-hmm. by seven points. But late in the game, it was a little twitchy on that if it was nine. So we were good at that ten and a half, and Kansas won the game, but you know, they struggled to cover that number against West Virginia. Yeah, and if you recall, West Virginia was actually leading throughout the first half in that contest, so they were definitely the right side, wire to wire, although they did need a few buckets late, made us sweat a little for that cover. Oh, absolutely. I've been sweating a lot lately, actually, so I'm used to it. Um, so the next one was uh, Indiana at Maryland. You like the first half under. This is, you know, America podcast listeners. This is Action's go-to, like the first half under in Big Ten games. So it was 65 was the number, and it, that hit easily for the Saturday matchup against Indiana against Maryland. Yeah, definitely a rocking chair victory in that one. I was up early and getting ready, just drinking my coffee and watching the bricks being laid by both teams in the first half. <laughs> Neither of them could make a three-pointer to save their life. And um, thankfully, we did hit the first half. I think I had the game under as well, but Maryland really blew that contest out late in the second half, and they ended up going up by 30 and really crushing Indiana. And to review the handicap in general, which we'll talk about later in the pod again, is um, the idea is that 11 o'clock or that, I guess it's noon Eastern, mm-hmm. Big Ten games kind of early for these college kids, and they get up and they're, I've seen it when I coach my kids. They are not ready to play at 9 a.m., and they bricklay too. It takes to like, you know, late in the first half into the second half to when they kind of get the juices moving and then they start hitting some buckets. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. Another one we talked about was Illinois against Purdue at home. And we saw it as a pick. I think they were actually favored in this game. But this was another rocking chair one on Sunday where Illinois just blew out your boilers. Yeah, yeah Purdue really didn't show up on Sunday night. And from the opening whistle, I think it was 7-2 to two and then 12-2, to two and Illinois was just leading the entire game, one that you really didn't even need to watch if you weren't a fan of either team. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> exactly. I got to watch my Golden Globes. Um, <laughs> the other two games of interest were uh, Michigan at Michigan State. Sparty rolled in that one against Michigan, so that was uh, an easy one for Sparty. And then Baylor against Texas Tech. Um, you know, Texas Tech, we kind of talked about them. They Early in the year, they had some stumbles, and this isn't quite the same team yet. I, I don't doubt that Beard will get them in line, but at this point in the season, Baylor's a better team. They went into uh, Lubbock and got the win, and you were on that one. I backed the Baylor Bears on Tuesday night, and it was mainly surrounding their efficient defense and mm-hmm. very strong rebounding numbers. I'm still a little bit down on this Texas Tech team, despite the big win right. against Louisville, and... Um, And Baylor has really impressed me on this young season. They're a team certainly moving towards the top 10 and one that I'm Mm -hmm. interested in backing more often than not. Oh, yeah, they're in the top 10 of Ken Palm. So, I mean, they're a hell of a team. So, nice transition. Let's talk about our Ken Palm on our podcast. That's Action. Action's got his own power ratings. Why don't you go over the top 10 this week? Not a ton of change in the top 10. Duke's still clearly number one, and their lead is growing at the top almost up to a full three points now over Kansas mm-hmm. at number two. Michigan State and Ohio State, 3-4, very neck and neck. Then uh, five is Gonzaga, still up there, and I don't expect their season to drop off at all now that they've entered conference play. Mm-hmm. Um, six is Louisville. Maryland, an impressive team in the Big Ten at seven. Then aforementioned Baylor at number eight. And the Butler Bulldogs hanging on at number nine, a team oh, yeah. I've been very impressed with this season tremendous defensively and then 10 the team that i still don't think belongs is auburn (laughs) what do you think about auburn flex i just i don't get it i mean bruce pearl obviously is coaching the shit out of that team sorry for swearing america but i I don't know they lost all this talent it's kind of mystery i haven't seen them play so i don't know who they're playing i'm not sure how strength of schedule factors into your metrics here but 
I want to see them play against better teams in the SEC first. Um, but yeah, they're undefeated, right? They're, they're just rolling. Um, mm-hmm. So you can't say they're a bad team. And they're 12 in Ken Palm, so they're a little higher in your rating. But they're they're right at the, almost at the top 20 in both offense and defense efficiency, so they're doing something right. Yeah, and uh, undefeated, you're right, along with San Diego State. Those are the only mm-hmm. two teams that are left this season. That's right. Um, I, I got to be honest with you, on, uh, and I say this all the time. I always say that phrase. I got to be honest with you. But, but if you see something at Butler, you go to Vegas next time, or when you guys, if you get a prop with them in the Final Four, because I'm sure there's mm-hmm. still good value there, because I can't see it anywhere, of course, on uh-huh. Bet Online. I'd be all over that. I mean, this is a team that has played a great schedule. They're going to be a really good seed if they keep winning. Uh, I mean, they have a tough, you know, the conference is good. I mean, Big East is really good, but this is a team that can beat some people. And obviously, from an efficiency standpoint, they're right in the top 10. And that's what I always look for for Final Four teams. Yeah. I haven't seen any Final Four props either. That's a good point. I'm sure there are some books that offer them. It looks like on uh, Bovada, at least right now, they're 3,300 to win the championship. So definitely right. a little bit of value, especially with the defense they play. Absolutely. So you mentioned San Diego State. They're a hell of a team. Uh, you have a couple notes here regarding the Mountain West Conference. That's home to my old you know, Colorado State Rams, who stink besides San Diego State and Utah State. Um, they're using some sort of shot track with a microchip in the ball or something? Yeah, I read this over the weekend. It kind of shocked me, and I thought I'd throw it in. Uh, they're adding a little shot tracker, and the ball is a little bit more difficult to grip. And a few mm. San Diego State players were complaining last week about their shots. And um, it may cause a little bit of shooting troubles and, and hanging on to the basketball and, during mm. conference play. And I'm looking to see if I could find an edge on some unders, at least here in the first couple of weeks, until the players get used to the ball. Okay. And you said they did use it last year, but um, just it's an interesting. I know why they're doing it. They're trying to get all those advanced metrics and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. hey, man, technology's not perfect and messes up the grips. That's right. Well, let's talk about some games this week of interest. Now, granted, I put one on for tonight. It's too late, but I'm big on this. The Shockers team, Wichita. You know, this is the team that years ago made great runs in you know into the NCAA tournament. And now they're playing Memphis tonight. I know they came out of the gates smoking, so I wish I would have bet that one action. But um, I like this team in general. I just wanted to talk about them in the conference, the American. And in general, it looks like uh, we've got the Shockers back on the national radar. Yeah, Wichita State is playing some really good basketball. I've got them up near the top, 28th, actually. Yeah, okay, that's not bad. I mean, you know, they're 34th in Ken Palm, so, you know. Okay. Yeah, and obviously going against that Memphis team without James Wiseman, they are certainly Mm -hmm. playing less than what their numbers would indicate at this point in the season. So I like the pick, definitely. They're up six here, it looks like, going into the break. I do think the number, I added it for, it floated up to like six or six and a half a tip, so people are on the shockers a little too much there. We'll see how that closes out. Um, Another game I like is uh, Butler, you know, my team, at Providence, at least at this point, we're looking at this game as a projected just, you know, they're one and a half point favorite on the road mm-hmm. uh, at Providence. I'd still take that. This team is really good. And, um, you know, I, I really like this squad. Yeah, I'm in agreement, too. This is a, a spread that's out, actually, for Friday night oh, tip. And um, I've already bet the Butler Bulldogs. I think that their defense is really going to hold down Providence on offense. They're up to seventh ranked in efficiency as well as 7th-ranked in defensive um, field goal percentage and 3-point field goal percentage. So nice. this team is certainly going to be looking to hold Providence down. And um, when you look at their last several games, they've been covering quite frequently. Um, this Butler team is now 11-4 and against the spread and going up against Providence, who's only 7-9. and So I think they're going to take the show on the road and get another win and cover tomorrow night. Good for you for getting one and a half. I see two and a half right now, but I probably still take that um, on Bet Online. Another game you like? This is the this is the action special. We should call this the whatever. It's like your first period unders for the the guys on Beeson. Uh-huh. Ohio State is at Indiana. Uh, Indiana is a three point dog at home, but you're really this is on Saturday. You're really up for the first half under at 64. Tell us why. Yeah, I mean uh, same handicap as last week against Maryland. You've got 
two teams here that are playing a little bit slower pace in mm-hmm. Indiana and Ohio State, and they're both playing very good defense too. You've got an Indiana team who's still near the top 50 in adjusted defense, and Ohio State, of course, in the top 10. Um, both teams are slower pace, and neither of them particularly shoot the three-pointer that well. So I'm looking for another slow start in Bloomington on Saturday and projecting this number to come out at 64. Uh, I'm going to play it under. I hear that Bob Knight's going to be in attendance on Saturday, Wegs. Can you believe that? Ooh, wow, interesting. I know he's had some issues with dementia and stuff, so hopefully he's doing okay, even though he's had some issues. I got a question for you, actually, to back up one mm-hmm. second. I don't know if we talked about this earlier in the season. And now that we're really focusing on college basketball, one of the things that I want to understand better this year, try to be more successful, is what are the key numbers in basketball, uh, both for totals and for um, you know spreads? Well, um, we'll start with totals. There's not really a key number. What I use to make my total bets is just a measure of offensive and defensive efficiency multiplied times the pace. And uh, all these are numbers that you can find on Ken Palm, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, then I kind of compare that to what I deem to be an average total. So in college basketball, your dead average is about 140 points. And a low total, I would expect to be about 120. And then your high end is 160. So you kind of use that as your range, um, combine that with efficiencies and pace, you can get an idea of where a team would normally fall into. You see a large majority of totals that are in the 130s or 140s, though. Right. Okay. In terms of the spread, it really there's not really a key number, but you always do need to be careful of laying favorites in that range between four and eight. I would say, Mm. especially in basketball, you have end-of-game situations where free throws become a major factor. And Mm -hmm. if you're looking to lay a favorite, for example, you always definitely want to check their free throw percentage numbers because the last thing you want to do is lay seven points with a team who is in the bottom of the league shooting free throws. That uh, is never Mm -hmm. a good recipe. Yeah, plus, you know, somebody just heaves in a three-point shot from half court and that just tanks your number and you're Mm -hmm. on bad beats. But um, yeah, I know that 10 is a kind of a key number in general, but but yeah, I was just wondering if there were lower numbers uh, to look at. One of the games that I'm looking at to play under, we don't know the total yet because it's early on Saturday, Texas Tech is at West Virginia. Uh, You're slating that game as West Virginia being favored by six, which is great. I mean, I do still like the Mountaineers, but I'm looking at this as an under game because these are two just incredible defensive teams. I mean, it's just going to be a rock fight out there. And uh, not dissimilar to the Baylor game. Um, and 128 seems like a great number to be under for me. Do I have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I pulled that total just straight off of Ken Palm. So mm-hmm. nine times out of ten when you see these numbers pop up on any given game day, they're just going to be coming straight from Ken Palm anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But, yeah, I think both of these teams are definitely trending towards the under. I mean, you look at West Virginia's past performance, they're now 11-3. and three to the under on this young season. And on Mm -hmm. the flip side, um, you got a Texas tech team who likes to play a very slow pace. So definitely a recipe for a lower scoring game. And I think if you see a 138, like, or I'm sorry, 128, like Ken Palm Mm -hmm. projects, certainly something you could look to go under. Nice. Uh, Another game that, that I was targeting before I knew that, uh, Wisconsin was going to lose to Illinois was uh, <laughs> was Penn State is hosting Wisconsin on Saturday. Uh, we're slating that as a four point. Um, Penn State's going to lay four points in that one. I still would take Nittany Lions and the points in this one. I think that they are playing really well. They're another team that maybe just off your radar because you don't you only go to the top ten in your ratings. I got them at twenty one in Ken Palm. They're they're pretty balanced as a team. I always like to look at that when teams are. In that mid-range, are they really one-sided? Like a Virginia's in that range, but you know they're the number one defense, but 184th in offense. In this case, Penn State's pretty good on offense and defense, so I like them over Wisconsin in this one, even though the Badgers have proven pretty good. Um, but I think Penn State is kind of a sleeper, and just for the name value, I think they're going to get some value there. Yeah, I am right there with you. I just really don't like this Wisconsin team. Not so much the people themselves but the basketball team (laughs) but Penn State has been playing really well 
And a little bit of a, a slide here recently. They're only one in five. Or I'm sorry, one in four in their last five games. ATS. Mm-hmm. But mm. they did have a big win against Iowa um, over right. the weekend on that neutral court game. And then on the flip side, you've got a Wisconsin team who really doesn't shoot the ball that well. Um, only 148th in offensive three-point shooting. And uh, this Penn State defense is really, really good. Top 15 defending inside the arc. And that's really where Wisconsin likes to make their play. So I think that mm-hmm. uh, if you're only laying four points in this game, I'm in agreement. I would like Penn State. Nice. Another game more of interest here is um, Baylor at Kansas. Uh, this is obviously another marquee game in the Big 12. Two of the top teams right now. It looks like they're number one and two pretty much. Uh, Kansas is a nine-point favorite, at least we're slating from Ken Palm. Total being 131. Uh, just a marquee game I'm interested to see. I do like this Baylor team as you do, but Kansas is really – they're right up there at the top of the metric. So just kind of curious to see how these teams are going to play against each other. Yeah, me too. This is probably one of the marquee games on Saturday. And uh, I'm projecting – Ken Palm projects it at nine points, but I've got a little bit lower of a number here. I think that Baylor is only about a seven-point road dog here in my numbers. And um, mm-hmm. much like West Virginia, I would like to think that they keep it close on Saturday. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think it's going to be an interesting game. And I don't know how great Kansas is at shooting free throws, but, um, you know, Baylor's a good squad. The last game of interest is Michigan at Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's a team that is kind of moving on the rate, my radar anyway. They're moving into the top 40 of Ken Palm. That's when I start tracking teams. They're really good offensively in the top 25. And I don't know about this Michigan team on the road. They've lost back-to-back Big Ten road games by big numbers, 18 and 19. And so if this is the number where Minnesota's only favored by one at home, I'd be jumping on it with two feet uh, to get all over the Wolverines there. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Michigan is a team that's trending downward and just picked up a huge injury to one of their better players in Isaiah Livers. Mm few games ago and he's been out last three games and has really taken a toll on their offense Uh, he's really one of their bigs that likes to spread the floor and open up the middle for Teske and when he's not Mm -hmm. in the lineup I think that you're looking at a totally different offense and um, this Minnesota team can really rebound the ball so I would expect that you have a very very live pick there in Minnesota especially if it's only a one-point game right with the injury I'm sure there'll be an adjustment but hopefully still not too great. Are there any other spots or any other comments before we move on? Um, lots of games this weekend. I haven't had a chance to mm-hmm. dive into the full card, but we'll see what we can find over the weekend. Maybe send some out on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, another game of interest I didn't put aside there, but LSU's playing against Arkansas. That's that's going to be a heck of a game, too, in the SEC. So we're not just Big Ten focused, guys. I'm looking at all the conferences here. <laughs> Let's get in the NFL, a little recap of Wild Card Weekend. I mean, really, it was outstanding football. I mean, I, I was one in three on the sides. It was terrible. Did much better in totals, even though I didn't bet enough. Uh, but, you know, it was just outstanding. Two overtime games, and then you have really one-score games across the board. Uh, it came down to the wire in really three of the four games, basically. So couldn't ask for more in terms of entertainment. From a betting perspective, I tell you, the Bills game just, man, that crushed me. I, I mean, it's not that I put a lot of money down action, but I, I was really excited about the Bills winning that game outright. We talked about the podcast last week. They had that game. But what the hell happened to Josh Allen in the fourth quarter? He was just an idiot. I don't know what he was thinking. He's taking 30-yard sacks and trying to flip ill-advised laterals. I mean, what was going on there? Yeah, it was like somebody entered his mind and really took over his body. <laughs> The Bills were up 16-0 to zero at one point, and I thought yeah, it was pretty yeah, done and dusted, even though I was looking for a little bit of Texans' money line, which I was thankful to win. Good for you. They've got to feel like they gave the game away, um, should have mm-hmm. won it, and now you've got a Houston Texans team moving on to the next round, which I learned today has been outscored on the season. So pretty remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are at the bottom of the Weggs Index, a little teaser, but yeah. They're not good, and it was if Deshaun Watson was the thing. I mean, he really made his team win. I give him. I mean, I love that guy. I think he's incredible. He made a couple of plays that just 
I mean, they're going to be on his career highlight reel. I mean, there's no mm. question. I mean, the, the two guys trying to sack him, spinning out the little throw, and then that run where he carried like two guys for five yards. I mean, he's not a big dude. He's just a baller, you know? Yeah. Um, the other one that was kind of, I'm not going to say surprising. I, I mean, I know the Titans, we were both thought New England was going to win that game. But, man, how bad is New England's offense? They just couldn't do a damn thing in that game. And it wasn't like the Titans. I mean, obviously the first half they played really well with Henry, but that second half, I mean, it was a snooze fest. Yeah, I think no scoring in the second half until the late, late pick six by the Titans. That's right. And I think the most remarkable game, thing from this game is Tannehill only passing for 72 yards and the <laughs> Titans were still able to win going away. Oh, that's crazy. So what's the prop on that being Brady's last pass? I'm sure it's a uh, heavy on the no for the big, but a lot of talk of changes, but we can talk about that later. But kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I expect I fully expect him to be back in New England, to be honest, but certainly a topic for another day. Yeah. And then Kirk Cousins. Do not bet against Kirk Cousins. You know, you like that? You like that action? <laughs> Do not bet against great. Cousins at 1 p.m. There's a small caveat yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. It wasn't a primetime game. It was more the story in this one was more that the Breeze sucked, and he yeah. looked bad. The offense looked terrible except for one guy. Taysom Hill was incredible. I mean, it was it was a shame that Breeze had that crazy fumble in the fourth quarter because Taysom Hill, he had two incredible plays, that one big run that just kept carrying people and making it happen. And, and I get why... Uh, Peyton can't keep him in the game because he hasn't practiced these plays, right? He's only yeah. got probably six plays for Taysom Hill to run, which every single one of them he balled out. But, man, Breeze sucked, and that fumble, well, that was just a killer. They still forced overtime, but I don't know. I mean, and then they couldn't cover Thielen. I mean, Thielen was just incredible. But, yeah, Vikings went out right. That was a big money line cover because that was like uh, they were seven-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. Right? Yeah, that one was definitely a backbreaker, I think. Every single media type I listened to had the Saints on a teaser, and so did I, and uh, fully expected them to win that game. So, tough loss for us, us Sharps. That's right, the Sharps. <laughs> well, at least we were on the right side of Seattle. I mean, I know you probably won a lot more on the weekend, but this one I should have loaded up on. I mean, everybody was on Philadelphia, and I couldn't understand it. And Now, granted, Wentz getting hurt helped our side here, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, though, if it just – Seattle just didn't have to do much. I mean, they did what they needed to do. Metcalf was awesome, 160 yards receiving, and, and Wilson. But, I mean, once Wentz went out, Philly just couldn't score. Yeah, and obviously Wentz going down was the story of this game. And I really do think that Philadelphia would have been much more prone to success if he stayed in. They were moving the ball between the 20s. They just couldn't score when they got into the red zone, like you said. So uh, I think the biggest story for me, the takeaway was the uh, Seahawks' inability to run the ball with Marshawn Lynch and um, mm -hmm. forget the other back, Homer. But yeah. um, that's definitely the weakness of the Green Bay Packers' defense, and I'm not so sure that Seattle is set to take advantage. All right, we'll have to talk about that in a minute. I, you're, you're setting the stage here, action. But before we get there, just a review of the playoff index for me. And, of course, it was terrible in the wild card round, but that's actually what happened last year, too, so we'll see if it levels out here. Uh, the Ravens are still top of the heap, 2.67, and 49ers now at number two at four. Chiefs at 5.17, Vikings at 6.33, uh, Titans at 7.83, and then the bottom three teams, the Seahawks at eight, the Packers at 8.17, so that's really even, and then the Texans at 10.85, the, the worst team left. Not a surprise there. As we look into these spots, you, you did a, you know, a little transition. We won't jump to that game because that's the last one. But mm -hmm. the Vikings go to the 49ers on Saturday early. Uh, early, I say early. It's like 3.30 or 4.30 Eastern. Um, right now, the 49ers are a seven-point favorite. The total is 44. What are your takes on this one? Well, uh Really a really tough spot for the Vikings last weekend. Mm -hmm. They played on Sunday afternoon in the Great. 1 p.m. slot and had to travel back to Minnesota. And now they're flying across the country to Santa Clara for a 4.30 kickoff on Saturday. So 
Yep. On the yep. flip side, you've got the San Francisco 49ers who've had a bye week and they're all fat and happy and rested. So I really do think it's a tough spot. I was leaning to Vikings, but I certainly don't think I can play them now. I also was reading somewhere that Kirk Cousins now 64% against the spread and 1 p.m. Hmm. starts, which is an incredible number. Um, sure. But when you look at games that don't start at 1 p.m., all other start times, he's 12 and 24 against the spread hmm. for 33%. So, Ouch. Uh, those are some serious splits, and I really do think it's a real issue that he has in terms of his preparation. He's just a creature of habit, and he's ready for those 1 p.m. games, and for whatever reason, he can't perform well under the variance of start times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one of the things you've noted here as we kind of transition to injuries and, and people playing, so Quan Alexander is supposed to be back, and he, the mm-hmm. talented middle linebacker for San Francisco, and then D Ford as well. And I think what I heard on VSIN today was that when Ford, Alexander, and I'm assuming it's Bosa, are on the field at the same time, the quarterback rating is like 20 or something like that. They only gave up like less than 100 yards a game in the middle of the season through 10 games or something like that to passers. So the only way they're going to beat them is through running the ball, and I don't think that's going to happen this week. Uh, even though Cook played pretty well against the Saints, mm-hmm. and um, you know he really was what got things going there. So Cousins is not going to play well. You know that's the way I look at it, basically. So how are they going to win? They got to win on defense, and so can that defense do what they did last week to stop the running game? And again, that back to back, they flew. You know, they, they were the late game on Sunday, then a flight down to New Orleans going all the way across country now so that usually means weary legs and i do think that that's definitely a horrible spot for minnesota so Mm -hmm. i definitely like the seven i would love for it to get down to six and a half but with the injuries to thielen which i guess he twists his ankle or something it might be tough to find sevens even or six and a halves come game time yeah i don't expect there to be any more six and a half this week appears to be seven across the board um Mm -hmm. you're right without thielen to potentially not playing now this uh, Vikings Mm -hmm. offense looks even worse. And on the other side, it must be mentioned, this is going to be Jimmy G's first playoff start. Sure. Certainly something to keep in mind on that side of the ball. But when you look at the way that those three running backs have been performing recently, I fully expect San Francisco to be able to move the ball on the ground. I would probably look for a couple of Jimmy G under props, whether it's pass Mm -hmm. completions or passing yards. And uh, the other angle I like in this game is first half under. I think okay. uh, you're going to be looking at a much slower pace. Both of these teams are very much interested in running the football. And uh, at Levi's Stadium, historically, it's been an under stadium. I think if you just bet it blindly, you'd be winning over 60% of the time. So I've got this number at 21 and a half right now. I'm going to play it under. Okay. I think, you know, and I, I don't know if I'll do this or not, but this is going to be a really popular teaser leg, right? The yeah. seven going down to one. Now, do you talk us a little bit through the teaser factor? Do you think that's a good idea? I mean, how do you approach it? I don't know if you even tease people or te- you did last week, I guess you did. So. Yeah. Yeah. I lost a couple of teasers last week. Yeah. One of them was tied to Kansas city this week, which I was bummed to lose out on. But mm. um, I, when you're looking to tease, especially in the NFL, there's three factors you want to look at. First is you want to get through two key numbers, and that's seven and three. Um, mm-hmm. So in this case, you're looking at 49ers as a seven-point favorite. Teasing them down to a one is certainly a very much an advantage play. And the second part is you want to look at games with low totals because okay. that would expect there's going to be a lot less scoring, which would lead to a lot less variance in the game too, and it's more predictable and kind of tighter, closer to the vest. So okay. I think um, the total in this game being 44 and teasing the Niners from 7-1 to one is definitely an advantage play. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely what I'm, I'm looking at. Um, of course, I lost my teaser last week, <laughs> the Saints minus, you know, one and a half. But, yeah, I mean, it worked out on the other side. Okay. Uh, and then the total, I guess we sort of talked about it. You, the 44, you like the first half under, you like the game total two under? I'm probably going to stay away from 44. It was a little bit higher. It looks like it's ticked down from 45. 44 is definitely a key number. So uh, probably one I'm going to stay away for and just look for the first half. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Next game uh, is 
really going to be an interesting game. Uh, it's going to be the Titans. They're playing the Ravens. This is the night game. It'll be 8:15 Eastern, 7:15 Central. Uh, right now, I'm seeing. Are you seeing 10? Okay, so minus 10 for the Ravens at home, and then the total is 47. I mean, this is an intriguing matchup. I, I think usually these rested one seeds roll in these situations, but the Titans have that recipe where they can slow you down if they can get Henry going, who was, let's face it, incredible against the Patriots. My fear is that the Ravens obviously saw the tape, and they're really good against the run. So, again, we kind of had the handicap last week. They're going to shut down Henry and make, uh, what's his name, Tannehill beat you, but they didn't even need Tannehill last week. But this week they probably will. So you have any feelings on the side here? Uh, well, I'm definitely not going to be getting in front of the Ravens. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. But right. I also don't have much interest in laying 10 in this game, to be honest. Right. I think right. that uh, it's a big number. Although you're looking at a Baltimore team that's now 10-1 and one against the spread in their last 11 games after yep. starting the season 1-5. and five ironically um Mm. but i mean they're just running uh, like a freight train out of control and i think this is a really bad spot for tennessee to come in after all of the energy they surely poured into beating the defending champs last week Mm. i think that there's some good numbers and trends out there too and historically a team that has beaten the champ the week before are very Mm -hmm. poor ats the next week so um, I'll be That's staying true. away from the side. I do have an interest in the total, though. What are your thoughts on the side? You know, I, I know that the Ravens are incredible. Like you said, don't get in front of them. On, you know, in the Wegspool article I listed out today, I did take the Titans plus the points. I think the Ravens are going to win the game, but I take the Titans plus the points. You know, it was nine and a half at that time or ten because they might be able to keep it close, but I'm not going to bet the game. I, I can't bet the side there. That's just too tough. Um I think the total's under, though. I do. I don't think, even though the, the Titans, you know, their, their secondary can be had for sure. Um, I just feel like it's going to be a lower scoring, not lower scoring, just 47 or 46, 46 and a half is a pretty big number. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's basically based on the Ravens scoring a ton of points. And if the Titans have any control of this game, it's going to be slowing it down. So I would go under there. Yeah, I'm actually playing this game over. I've already put in mm-hmm. a bet, 46 and a half. Mm-hmm. Certainly a different story when you're talking about 47. I will admit it's another key number in NFL totals. But mm-hmm. I expect that Baltimore is going to get plenty of points. And In fact, I think you're going to see Lamar coming out and throwing the ball a little bit more mm-hmm. than a lot of folks expect, certainly the oh, Titans. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to lend itself to Tennessee needing to open up the offense a little bit to stay in the game. And I expect this one will go over the total. Right. I mean, I would not be surprised if Baltimore comes out and destroys them, honestly, because not just what you said about beating the champs, but this Ravens team has had two weeks off and really the starters didn't play in week 17. So they're, they're itching to go, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's just hard to say the Titans have been a red hot team. So I probably won't bet either side or total in this game to, just to watch it and stay away. Yeah, uh, we'll there, see. There is a good chance that um, Baltimore comes out a little flat. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. they've been off two weeks. That none of their start, hardly any of their starters played in week 17. So, right. Assuming that it starts slow, you could maybe live bet the over, or if Tennessee sure. gets an early lead, you could jump in on Baltimore in that spot as well. Absolutely. Okay, the Sunday games are. Really fun. You start off with the Texans going to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites at home. Uh, the total's 51. Now, this spot, I think the Chiefs are going to crush them. So I would be on the side here, especially at that key number, nine and a half. Probably need to do that today before it goes up. Um, I do think Watson's incredible. I mean, he's just the dude. I mean, I love watching him play. He willed his team to win. But, man, they were exposed. Their offense looked really bad. And I know Will Fuller might be back. He said he's coming back. Mm-hmm. He is a big difference maker. But I'm more worried that they can't protect Watson in this game. The Chiefs' defense has been pretty damn good. And Reed is, as you've already listed, he's 19-9 off the bye, ATS. I'm on that too. So what are your takes? Yeah, I think that's the side you got to go with as well. I am not haven't got to it yet myself, and I'll probably end up 
maybe passing, maybe look to tease them down under the field goal, perhaps. But uh, I definitely think that Kansas City is the play here. I just don't expect Houston to come in and have any success. You and I spoke uh, via text that remember the last time when Houston came in here and beat this Kansas City team. But in looking back at that game log, you have to remember that it was a hobbled Patrick Mahomes and Mm -hmm. the Chiefs had several other injuries on defense, especially in that game. Um, A very, very different team that they played that day than they're going up against this weekend. So I definitely think that Kansas City is the side. The total is very interesting to me, though. Yeah, 51. It's hard to read. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, the Chiefs could go up big, right? And then it's just huck and chuck time to try to come back with Watson. I don't know. I just, in general, I don't like playoff totals being over. Uh, that's kind of a general thing. Last week I was 4-0 with the under, and it worked. Um, but, you know, unless – save the Super Bowl, not last year's Super Bowl, but in general the Super Bowl, most of these playoff games are usually not high-scoring games. I mean, it's uh, there's a few, um, but it's – in general it's an underfest. But you like the over? Uh, no, not really. I, you know, I did earlier in the week when it was down lower, but 51 is certainly a number that I'm not interested in going over. And when you look back at the trending metrics, both of these teams have been playing a lot of under games lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston Texans are 7-3 and three to the under in their last 10. And on the flip side, you've got a Kansas City team who's played five out of the last six under. So mm-hmm. um, kind of interesting to see such a high total here. I wonder if oddsmakers are expecting Kansas City to get theirs and some garbage points by Houston. I have a hard time thinking it's going to get to 51. No, I agree. I, I don't think it will. I mean, I've got it under in the article. But, you know, I think it's it's the premier matchup you're going to see for the next few years anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, chapter one in the playoffs. So it should be fun. want to see it. Um, but I still don't see the Chiefs going down, and I think they're going to cruise. So hopefully it'll stay under for us on that one. Yeah. Well, last game, you've alluded to... The, oh, no, you have a prop. Sorry, I didn't mean to skip that. You've got a prop on the Kansas City uh, sacks. Yeah, I think uh, last week, Watson was sacked almost eight times by that Buffalo mm. defensive line, and you've got a Kansas City team here who's equally good at rushing the passer, and I'm expecting a three to pop up at a couple of books for the KC sack total, and I'm going to be mm-hmm. going over that number. Good for you. Yeah, I mentioned it before. I think that the improvement from Kansas City's defense is from their pass rush and that and just in general I think Spagnola's got this team playing the way he wants them to and yeah you saw last week the Buffalo's got a really good defense they should have won that game but they can't protect Watson he got sacked about seven times and he he should have been sacked the eighth time and he was hit numerous times so that's right yeah I don't know we'll see how it works out without maybe they'll run the ball more but I don't know we'll see what happens all right, well, the last game is, to me, the best game. Hopefully that's true. Uh, the, the Seahawks are going to Lambeau to play the Packers. And, um, you know, this is a, a very interesting game. The Packers are four-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Um, the total is 47. This game will be at, like, 640 Eastern and uh, 540 Central. We both – I jumped on the Seahawks early. I was, you know, plus four. I guess I should have waited. There's a lot of – Interesting narrative, though, out there, action in this one. I mean, I've heard how Pete Carroll stinks in the first half, and you know his teams never cover numbers in the first half. I also, you know, they're, they're really bad on the road in general in the playoffs or something like that. So, But this team's 8-1 in the playoffs this year. It's hard to overlook that number. On the road, you mean, right? Yeah, 8-1 on the road, yeah. 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 But, in the, but I guess – Traditionally in the playoffs, Pete Carroll teams are terrible in the road, so especially against the spread. So I'm still feeling good about the Seahawks. I actually think they're going to win the game straight up. But the Packers, you know, they have the home field advantage. They they can run the ball, and this is kind of what you were alluding to earlier. So what is your take on this game? Yeah, I mean, like you, I jumped on the Seahawks early on Sunday night, expecting this number to go the other way, and I've been very surprised to see that the Packers are actually taking some money here. You see a couple Mm -hmm. of four-and-a-halves popping up, even at uh, Bet Chris, which is one of the sharpest books in the world. So 
gives me a little bit of pause for concern, to be honest with you. I really think that the Packers are frauds, but when you boil down to it, it may be that Seattle are equally frauds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sure. um, I just don't know which team is going to win this game, and I'm, I'm probably going to be looking to get out of my bed if I can, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, there's a good chance that Green Bay starts out early, and perhaps you yep. could get some good numbers on Seattle or even Seattle in the second half, I think. Mm-hmm. Throughout this year, you've seen the Packers' offense with their script in the first quarter go down and score pretty easy touchdowns, but second half rolls around and they're not quite as efficient on offense. Right. No, agreed. The obviously, the, I think what it speaks to in the Carroll numbers and especially the you know first half not covering numbers is that Carroll can make adjustments in the second half, and and maybe it's not even strategic. It's just you know, motivational. I think he's a really good motivational coach. But the other thing about the Packers, they come out strong in almost every game anyway, besides the games where they had the stinkers on the West Coast against the Chargers and stuff. Right. They have come out scripted, I think, and they just look great. They'll build 14-point leads, and then they just trough, or they just kind of plateau and hold on for dear life late in that game. So I agree with you, maybe betting live like Broccoli Bob – um, to get that moving, but um, it's just hard. I mean, the Packers just—we've seen this team. They—they're not that good. They looked great against Minnesota when they didn't have Dalvin Cook, and then they just barely beat the Lions. I can't understand this team. Um, probably the worst 13 and three team I've seen in a long time. But at the same time, I mean, they've got that home field advantage, and it should be fairly cool up there. There's supposed to be some snow in the Midwest before that game. I don't think it's going to be Sunday. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So what about the total? you think 47 is too much? No, actually, if I was going to play it on the total, it would probably be over in this game. I think you may see a little bit slower first half, but one of these teams is going to be looking to score in the second half. So I'm not going to be betting it, but going to head, I would probably go over in this game. What do you think? Okay. I have it as over in the article. Might have lied. I had the Chief Texans game over, too, with 51. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> so... Um, I have the first two games under and then these two over. You know, it's Seattle's defense is kind of a mystery. When they have Clowney, they are different. They played really well last week against a bad, you know, undermanned team. He's a difference maker, but that secondary is questionable. It seems like they can get be had in the run game. So they're going to give up points. It's just a matter of whether the Packers can stop Seattle's game. Yeah. And I just think that that's going to lead to Kind of an exciting fourth quarter, actually. It might be some huck and chuck, which I, I'm looking forward to. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of a close to the best game for three quarters, then all of a sudden it kind of opens up and then I'll be sweating that over. But it'll be a fun game. Yeah, it should be. Hopefully it's close and we can uh, go to the window with our hooks. Or I guess you got four, right? <laughs> I got four, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I got screwed. But, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I'll figure out a way to, you know, I'll probably want to tease that first game. So maybe I'll do it on this one with either the total or side or something like that. So uh, okay. we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. Any other comments about divisional weekend for the NFL? No, no additional nuggets for now. Looking forward to getting it started, though. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We did. I forget. I failed to mention some of these injuries. Uh, we said Will Fuller's going to play. We said Adam Thielen is questionable mm-hmm. we do think that ingram's going to play for the ravens he was a full participant today in practice so that's kind of a big part of their handicap in baltimore um, so it's the only nuggets i had so in terms of schedule we'll still stay on next week at thursday is that still mm-hmm. good for you i'd yep. imagine yes sir. Um, so that's good for me we can preview championship weekend in the nfl we'll go over the college championship and see what happens and then a little more shaded to college basketball so i'm looking forward to that this weekend not a lot planned for the weekend they're just kind of watching some games my sister's coming to town you know that's actually as you know our listeners like to hear that's uh that's actually my sister so light rain's wife is my uh, sister yeah so it was funny i heard on beeson they had a a dinner for the proxies for the circuit contest to get some feedback. I'm like, did they contact light rain? <laughs> did he go to the dinner? No, no I think they were just the like professional, you know, <laughs> charging people proxies, but Hey man, come on. They got some uh, good information there. If they could have got good information from light rain. So true. 
Anyway, you got anything for the weekend? No, nothing major. Maybe going to explore a little bit, grab dinner somewhere, maybe check out Windsor, perhaps. So Ooh, find a good spot right. to settle in and watch some games. Oh boy, awesome. All right, well, follow us on the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, good luck this weekend. Peace out, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.